Ed Rollins runs a, uh, a super PAC supporting uh, Donald Trump. Uh, of course, he can't interact directly with him. He's now a strategist for Great America PAC, an independent group that's supporting Donald Trump. I guess we can call it a super PAC. As a Fox News contributor, you know him. He, one of his great things he did, former assistant to President Reagan, and helped uh, his reelection campaign. Ed Rollins, welcome back. Thank you. My pleasure. How are you? It's been so a little bit intense these days, a little bit personal. You heard that open. That's pretty unprecedented. Especially, especially this early. I mean, I, I think this is going to, as I've said on your show before, this is going to be like a nuclear war. There's going to be rubble left when it's all done. Someone's going to be standing, and, and I, I assume it's Trump because he's a tough guy. Unlike Romney or other candidates in the past, uh, he's, he's not going to stand by and let them attack him. He's going to come right back at them. And I think to a certain extent, Romney sat there for two months and let them spend hundreds of millions of dollars defining him. The critical thing here is who defines who. And Trump basically is viewed as the leader. He can't he can't lose that element. And so, uh, at, at the end of the day, he's gonna he's gonna punch back. All right. So first, they said we're gonna get on Donald Trump about his women, and I don't really think that landed. No. Nope. Uh, and then she got the blowback of Donald Trump going after her husband, and maybe she was complicit in covering up some of his many affairs. So I'm not sure they wanted that fight. So they got rid of the woman card. That didn't work. They said they did some internal polling. She's not going to play the woman card and say, I'm a grandmother and the first woman president. That wasn't popular. So now let's go into his business background. Hillary Clinton blaming Wall Street and, of course, blaming uh, blame Donald Trump for being callous in that direction. The next, in the beginning, you're going to hear her in 2016 in a debate taken on Wall Street. And the next shot you're going to hear is 2007 at a roundtable with a totally different point of view. Cut three. I represented Wall Street as a senator from New York, and I went to Wall Street in December of 2007, before the big crash that we had, and I basically said, cut it out. Quit foreclosing on homes. Now, who's exactly to blame for the housing crisis? I think there's plenty of uh, blame to go around. Home buyers who paid extra fees to avoid documenting their income should have known they were getting in over their heads. Which one is it? Is, is this an effective fight back, uh, Hillary Clinton, old Hillary Clinton and new Hillary Clinton? I don't think it's an effective. I mean, obviously, it's a complicated issue. People that lost their homes uh, obviously suffered immeasurably. Uh, many it was their fault. Many it wasn't their fault. Uh, but I think to a certain extent, what we're talking about is the future. We're talking about how do you how do you create an economy where people can buy their homes again in the future? And I and I think the debate, all the stuff that happened 10 years ago, 15 years ago, is not is not going to be relevant. You're not this. The the difference here is they can attack Donald Trump on the fact that he's rich and the fact that he made a lot of money. Uh, you can attack Hillary Clinton the fact that she's rich and she didn't make a lot of money, but got a lot of money through the Clinton Foundation and other things. I think the key thing here is who basically can take the country and lead it forward. Who, who would you bet on to basically make the economy better? So, Ed, if you were to write anything down or give him notes to talk about, it would be less Pocahontas, less Hillary Clinton, and less Bill Clinton, and more, let me tell you what's wrong, than how to get out of the $19 trillion debt. I think that's a good uh, – what I, what I would do if I was him, and obviously he, he may not know this because he, he wasn't in the White House, every day a president makes four or five tough decisions. And you've got to have that ability to make those decisions. I think Donald Trump is a decision maker. Uh, I think Hillary has proven that she's not a decision maker, just like her husband, who basically would struggle making those four or five decisions every day. This is at a very critical point in our history. We've got to make tough decisions. We've got to move forward. Uh, we've got to bring people together. We've got to do some courageous things. 
If we don't, we're going to end up with, a, with a, an economy that's going to be so bad uh, in the f foreseeable future and a debt so severe that your children and my child are going to have a very, very difficult time. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And uh, yesterday he did come out, and he, he obviously is suffering with Hispanic votes. He obviously could do better with the younger, uh, younger voters. And Susana Martinez is a popular, successful governor in New Mexico. But Donald Trump uh, actually went at her a little bit. Here's Suzette. Here is he, uh, because she is not endorsing him. People said she'd be the perfect running mate. Problem is, doesn't seem to be impressed with him so far. Cut 15. Since 2000, the number of people on food stamps in New Mexico has tripled. We have to get your governor to get going. She's got to do a better job, okay? Your governor has got to do a better job. She's not doing the job. Hey! Maybe I'll run for governor of New Mexico. I'll get this place going. She's not doing the job. Now, here's a beauty that you're going to all love. Syrian refugees are being relocated in large numbers to New Mexico. If I was governor, that wouldn't be happening. So her press secretary came out and says, apparently Donald Trump doesn't realize the governor wasn't elected, uh, elected in 2000, that she had fought for welfare reform and strongly opposed the president's Syrian refugee plan. But the pot shots were, weren't about policy. They were about politics. And the governor will not be bullied into supporting a candidate. And they go on. You know, uh, and obviously I'd, I'd have done it differently. I, 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 New Mexico is going to be a key state. It's, it's a swing state. Uh, I, think, I think the governor is one of our stars. And I basically, any time at this point in time, as the Republican nominee. And again, I don't run his campaign. He gets to do whatever he wants to do. But I try and be making friends, particularly among people that have a big, big play in a state like she has. R rumor has it that Paul Ryan, is, according to the uh, Trump camp, is close to endorsing. What would that mean? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, I think it's just one more hurdle to get over. Uh, more Ryan, I think, than it is than it is Trump. I mean, Trump hasn't been had any impact by Ryan, but you certainly don't want to battle with the guy who's both the Speaker of the House and also the, the chairman of the party uh, convention. So my sense is just like everybody else is coming together. It's a game, as I've said here, it's a game of addition. Right. So, so and I'm looking at a candidate like no one else I've ever seen before. You know, he'll do this, say something about this, and the Hispanics will get ticked off. Say something about women, and women will get ticked off. All these things kill other candidates. They don't seem to hurt him. When he's personally attacked, he seems in his element. Is it different, though, that you're not playing to a Republican audience, you're playing to the American audience? Will he start to pay the price for some of this? You know, he might. I mean, obviously, I, I think the persona of, of Donald Trump is different than any other persona of any candidate in modern times. Uh, uh, you know, and I think to a certain extent, part of his it's it's his toughness. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a no nonsense guy. I speak the truth. Uh, and as we've talked on this show before, I teach a course in the American presidency and you've got certain characteristics as presidents have. Speaking your mind is not one of them. Uh, usually it's inspiring people, intelligence, leadership, those kinds of things. Overwhelmingly, in all the polls we've seen this year, the first thing people say they like the most about him is he speaks his mind. You know you know who he is, and at the end of the day, you know where he's going to try and take you. Uh, I think the key thing here is he has to define himself a little bit more about what he's gonna, where he's going to take the country. And I think that that will come as, as the campaign moves forward. And believe it or not, here's Mara Liasson, who tends to go a little to the left on special report. She says that she's watching these attacks going on, and she's seen this game before. Cut 27. The rules don't apply to Donald Trump, as we have learned, whether in a general election, when we have a binary choice, two people, whether the rules will come back into effect, I don't know. But he flaunts his wealth. 
anything that he does can be justified. That's when I was a businessman. I can change my opinions. You have to be flexible. He always has an explanation, and so far he hasn't paid any price for the kinds of things that would have sunk another politician. But, you know, his background now is getting a lot more scrutiny. It is a binary choice, and I think, you know, he's going to be subjected to a, a slightly harsher spotlight. Your thoughts on that? Uh, she, uh, she may be truthful. Uh, it may be an honest statement. Uh, I think at the end of the day, his persona is I'm a can-do guy. I've had great success in everything I've done. Uh, I stumbled a little bit in the casino business, but I came back. Uh, I survived in the toughest arena there is, the, the New York building trades uh, and, and I think people like that, and I think people are going to let it, let it go because, again, the persona is I'm my own man, I made, I'm a self-made man, and basically I'm a leader. Here's Frank Luntz on what he's seeing about the Donald Trump voters. Cut 29. We went to Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Nevada, uh, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and New Hampshire. And these are the states that are going to determine who wins and who loses. And what we found was there's a key 11% of the electorate who doesn't want either Clinton or Trump. We call them none of the above. Just like we had soccer moms and NASCAR dads, to me it's going to be the none of the above voters, one out of every nine, that will determine this election. The most important component is that they are character voters. They are attribute voters. And the attribute that matters the most is honest and trustworthy. And the candidate that can prove that they are less untrustworthy is the candidate that's going to win. Uh, there's a lot of validity to that. Uh, I've worked with Frank in the past. I mean, the, the reality is that uh, there's always 10 or 12 percent that don't make up their mind till the end and they kind of swing back and forth. Uh, uh, the key thing here is they're going to make their determination basically on who can take this country in the right direction. It's a long campaign and millions and millions of dollars are going to be spent before that de decision is made. They're usually late deciders. My sense is his persona will basically, at the end of the day, people are going to walk in, they're going to say, you know, if I vote for her, I got the same as I've had for the last eight years with Obama. I vote for him. There's a good possibility of change. It's just so interesting. Obviously, there's a good possibility of change. And know what he's saying a lot lately? Uh, I won't let you down. Yeah. Because he has more and more Republicans coming over saying, all right, we'll give it a shot. I don't know about, but I'm going to give it a shot. He goes, I'm not going to let you down. I get the sense that he believes he's not. I sense that he thinks that he knows he could do this job as opposed to somebody who hopes he can do the job, but tells you he can do the job. This is a guy who's never flinched. I mean, he's a very tough guy, and basically he's looked in the abyss on several occasions. Uh, he's had some interesting business deals over the time, and I'm sure there have been times when he worried about funding, he was worried about whether the construction uh, standards are going to be met, and, I, and at the end of the day, uh, at, at 70 years of age, he's had nothing but a long line of success behind him. And he's totally financially independent, which is uh, a lot of people like that, and he's a very charismatic figure.